Yeah, 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 I get that, I get that, but is we live, though? Is we, like, all the way live, though? You heard? What up, world? This is the All The Way Live podcast. Where the vulnerable are powerful. And the most gangster thing you can do is serve. And the second most gangster thing you could do is tune into this show that you tuned into right now. My name is Miles Xavier. I'm bringing you that Isaiah Rashad energy today. We are the best you never heard. All the way live. All the way live. How could we fail with intros like that? How could we fail with intros like that? But you know exactly what we do here on this show. Miles, we come here every week. We dedicate ourselves to investing information and curating conversation, all for the sole purpose of being a positive space for people. If the if the only thing we can accomplish with this, bro, is being able to be a space where if somebody's going through a bad time, they can come towards us for just even a little bit of uplifting. Then I say we do our we did our job. We did our job and we can die happy. Big facts. Big facts. And you know what, man? <laughs> Speaking of doing our job, something that we used to do more consistently on this show was check in. We're gonna get through this intro, but I need to know what type of energy are you bringing? You know what I'm saying? I, t- I let the people know I'm on that. I'm on that Isaiah Rashad today. We are the mm-hmm. best you never heard. That's how I'm coming today. What, how you coming today? Hey, man, I'm just appreciative of the space. I'm not going to lie. Like, it really, it really is a good environment to come through. And it does feel like we're speaking to, with people that we can have larger conversations even out of the podcast with. And to me, that's a blessing. So a lot of the times, man, like we're, we're coming here to, to heal and rejuvenate our energy ourselves, man. So I come here with a lot of excitement. I come here with some great conversation and I'm speaking to one of my best friends in the world, man. Mm, that's real. That's see, we were speaking off mic, man. You, you got that Andre energy for show. That's coming through. That's coming through. You got a little three stacks might be the bucket hat. You know what I'm saying? It might be the, it might be the mysterious, but definitely natural beverage in your hand, man. For show, for show. <laughs> I didn't mean, I didn't plan that. I promised that. I didn't plan the speech and the drink to happen at the same time. I promise you that. Uh, that is look, medicine. This is all medicine. Uh, complimentary, complimentary aesthetics in the building right now from Exeter, for sure, for sure. You already know what's going on, man. Chicago is always forever in the building. That means the podcast is recorded on stolen land. This land here in Chicago was cared for by the Potawatomi people, the Council of the Three Fires, and the violence done to remove the First Nations people from this land is inseparable from the state that we find this city in, the state that we find this country in, and the state that we find this world in. All of those states are things we discuss on this show. I am in a state of extreme gratitude to be here with y'all, to be here with my brother. Let's get into it. Thank you. Thank you, sir. And always, we got to big up to everybody that is joining us, that is watching this. We're doing this live. You know what I'm saying? Uh, we grow this thing uh, a piece at a time, man, one person at a time. And it's everybody's absolutely appreciated. So be sure to be commenting. Be sure to be talking. We engage in these conversations with y'all. I believe with that, Miles, we can get right into the show. <laughs> Kids official sliding on the instrumental Nordic combos, twist your mental like forbidden jitsus. My clicks initial. Now, brother Miles, you know one of our favorite topics over here is hip hop, right? We love hip hop over here at the live house. You know, 
And this week, we saw the coming of two of hip-hop's great coming together to free Larry Hoover, right? Now, the words free somebody are words that we toss around very loosely in hip-hop. Everybody got to free somebody. (laughs) Those are new words in hip-hop. Definitely not. Definitely not. And that speaks to that it's not a situ- it's not a new situation for us to be dealing with incarceration. You know what I'm saying? Our people, our hip-hop comes from oppressed people, and oppressed people are often very close to the system of incarceration. And uh un- un- unfortunately, uh entirely too close to, to the system of, of of justice. So I think it speaks to that proximity. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. But like for the international people like myself, who might not particularly be well-versed with uh, American, especially because Larry Hoover's Chicago, right? Yeah, but I was about to say, I, from me as a, you know, I thought you were about to say that as a South African, y'all were not well-versed in having the movement to free anybody. I would say that <laughs> <laughs> you're overlooking some key political figures in that. Like who? Name, name, name one. <laughs> name a single one. <laughs> But no, speak to that. Speak to that. That's that's for that's for show for show for you to speak on. South Africa is forever in the building on this show. So uh speak on that. Actually, it was more so towards um as just an outsider who doesn't know who Larry Hoover is, but because you know Chicago is second home, I understand that Larry Hoover is from Chicago, and that's like the narrative that uh Kanye has been making aware of. So, like, and honestly, like who is Larry Hoover even? And why is this movement even why is this something that would warrant such a stand between two of hip-hop's big you know advocating for this man to get out outside of injustice yeah so larry hoover is um known as the one of the the key leaders of the black gangster disciples right one of the one of the gangs that uh was formed in chicago in the early i feel like this this late 60s early 70s um, maybe even maybe even earlier than that, right? Um, and the important context that should overhang this whole conversation is that, um, man, is that some ugly merch? <laughs> Damn, no, that's that's the overarching thing nah, about this conversation nah. is how ugly the merch nah, is. But the way that, and, and shout out to the YouTube audience that 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 is enjoying the the beautiful visuals as orchestrated by my boys' way here in the building, you know. Uh, we got the merch up, and it's it's not to my taste, but. Uh, what I really meant to say was that the overarching, the one something that should be understood, like in the background of this whole conversation, is that um, in those in that time when Larry Hoover's initial gang affiliation uh, is like is is reported to have happened, right, uh, is alleged to have happened. So we're talking about a different time where gangs like the the Gangster Disciples, the Black Peace Stones were much more organized, much more structured, and contributed to the community uh, in ways that are much more, that are much closer to groups like the Black Panthers, um, like the the Brown Berets, like these other, these other organizations that we know to have participated in youth programs and stuff like that. Um, when gangs stood at their most organized and most impactful in the community, uh, there for sure is violence and drugs to 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 address, but important context is that there was also a lot more. Um, it was a different community sentiment because of what was given back to the community in in the midst of that. So the original idea of what gangs were for 
was community centered and impact and impact led, right? So in the case of Larry Hoover, in the in in part of his conviction, he's serving six life sentences, right? Sentenced to an onerous amount of years. Um, I think it's it's like hundreds of years even, right? But the question is, under the, the premise that he ordered somebody, he hired somebody to kill, and was also a figurehead for a notorious crime syndicate. So, you know, I I understand. I I understand the fact that the system of jail is broken, and because of that, there's a we always we're always all working against the whole system. But then in the case like this, what still makes us a point of what still makes us a point of, of of concern? I guess outside of personal interest. Well, I don't, I don't, I guess, I guess when you speak to the personal interests of enough people, um, you're speaking to community interest, right? And so that's the, that's the part of it as you, as you really like you, you summed it up really perfectly, right? Gangs were initially created as a mechanism to uh, achieve stability, safety, and justice in communities that were not granted those things by the overarching white infrastructure, right? Now, in order to finance and fund those gangs, different organizations turn to turn to different means. Um, but what what was overwhelmingly true was that the leaders that that emerged as a part of these uh, organizations were heavily, heavily surveilled and heavily cracked down on. Right. We saw that with Fred Hampton, who was the leader of the Black Panthers. We saw that with Jeff Ford, who's the leader of the Black Peacestone Rangers. And we see that with uh Larry Hoover. And so when you speak to something we've said also before on this podcast is that when a young black man starts to get some money, a lot of people eat. And when you speak to the movement, the massive movement and and its entrenchment in hip hop is that it's 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 that ringing true. It's the complexity of this person started an organization that has since um become to be notorious as you've said in the space of crime, but also the fact that there are so many people saying free Larry Hoover, the fact that there's this narrative and there's this fact that there's this community understanding that he was a valuable member of the, of the community as an organizer, as somebody who could get, bring people together um, and understanding that his messaging has, has changed how much you buy into that, how much you believe that, how much you think that's just him wanting to get out of jail, his more recent, um, his more recent statements denouncing violence and 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 really emphasizing education, right? But I think there's a community of people that see him as somebody who was valuable to the space, right? Uh, and there's also a conversation to be had about the fractured nature, the and the uncontrolled, the unorganized nature of gangs as they exist today in Chicago, right? It's not really one set of BDs and GDs. It's a million block by block gangs that are completely unorganized. So what does it mean to bring somebody who might have some credibility in space and, and to who's talking about organizing education is the argument I think that you're asking for. Yeah. Now you're a big, you're a big uh, Chicago supporter and a supporter of Chicago community work. Did you see the free Hoover show the Kanye and Drake put on and would you go? No, uh, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't go to. I'm too still. I'm still too scared of the vid. Um, but I would say that, and I didn't. And I didn't see it. Um, I thought about. It was cool. It was cool, man. Oh, it was very oh, cool. dope. I'm glad you saw it. I'm glad you saw it. Um, and you can speak a little bit more to it. Um, 
but yeah, as 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 somebody who is involved in violence prevention work right here on the, on in Chicago, there were some things about it that I was kind of like, eh, you know, and not the least of the least of which was was Larry Hoover, right? His affiliation and and, and the concert being centered around him wouldn't have made me shy away from it if I felt like it was uh, being done in a way that really could promote uh, action and progress, but it felt more like, well, tell me about what it was. Tell me about what you saw. I mean, from, from just a, a, a basic view, right. It's Kanye putting on a show and Kanye, obviously it was a Kanye based show that was featuring Drake. And that's how it was even sold as it was a Kanye West show featuring Drake. And they at the, the Coliseum in LA, which is a open door uh, outside type of venue, right? Outside type of stadium. And you know, Kanye is just a, a masterful creator of, of space and design and texture and audio. He's, he's, he's dope with it. He's dope with it. So the stage was a essentially a, a mounted, a white mountain type thing, like a small white hill in the middle of this whole thing. A lot of smoke around. It was, it was really dope. And we'll pull up some images from it. From that perspective, it was cool. It's cool to see two artists working together like that. I think hip hop needs more unity, definitely. So seeing your Drake and Kanye on the same stage for a cause around a prison of, of jail reform to a certain extent, I gotta be with that. I gotta be with that. And that's the type of unity that we try to like that we keep saying hip hop needs more of. So shout out to these men, regardless of how petty what it is that they did to, you know, however petty it was, at the end of the day, they pieced it up like men for a purpose bigger than themselves. And for that, I got a big up. So this was Kanye's first show in five years, they say. And it was dope, man. You know how Ye does it. He, Ye did the first half. Drake, uh, Drake comes on in the second half. Clean show. It was dope. How was it Kanye's first show in five years if that dude has been touring Donda for the last 18 months? Damn, bro. The media got me with the, with those titles. You know how they do it. <laughs> <laughs> I want to, I want, I really want to be all on board with like, yeah, you know, two piecing it up for a cause that's bigger than them in prison form. But like, did it, having watched it, did it feel like Larry Hoover or prison reform were central to what you were seeing? What, did, what was your, what was your takeaway with regard, with regards to those things? Or, may, or am I, or am I being obtuse and looking for that? Is it supposed to just be, fun and and the money goes there yeah, yeah. and that's, that's the idea, idea. That's, that's but what you're hearing is that, that the cash the might not have and i'm getting some feedback on your end the not all of the cash particularly went to the went to the hoover family or whatever the case was they said that the merchandise didn't and prices for merchandise ranged from 60 dollars to 400 dollars um but just the ticket sales were contributed towards the hoover case or whatever the case is that being said, my question is, if I'm going to put on a show, there's going to be cost. Of, I, I, I don't read too much into things like that because it, it discounts the cost of business and the cost of even putting something on together like this. Some, somebody needs to get paid. And where's that cash going to come from? Forget if these men are filthy rich and sitting at the top. It's still a business at the end of the day. And somebody has to get paid and the invoice is going to come. Somebody has to swipe that. But um, off of that, I think that alone is enough commitment. It shouldn't. It, were there ways that they could have improved how they focus on the Larry Hoover thing? Definitely, but you also don't want to use the common man. And who's 
who's Kanye? Who's they in LA? Who's Drake's biggest fan group? Was a bunch of women. You don't want to stand preaching Larry Hoover stuff in front of a bunch of women at a Drake show. But that's kind of my point. Is like it seems like they it. I, and I read that I read that his that Larry Hoover had expressed his concerns about the publicity not being carried out in such a way that would be detrimental to his case. And you know, like no disrespect to to the event or to the you know to to Drake or, or Kanye, I would just my the thing that kind of soured me on it. It made me not want to check it out as much. Right? Was like. Yeah, I see that. So, so the money goes to Larry Hoover is the community that we spoke about that, right? That, that he impacted is very much the South side community. Right. Um, and the organ the proceeds from the ticket sales are going to two organizations, one in Evanston, which is up North where Northwestern university is. And then oh, hold on, Miles, hold on. Are you giving us top secret behind the scenes information? No, I think, no, I think no. we're getting a full scoop. We're, you're, and you will always get a full scoop on the All the Way Live podcast. But this isn't top secret information. This is information that I had to that I googled that I didn't get from none of the promotional materials from the concert that was in this man's name, right? But I, I found I found out that huh, the proceeds were going to these two organizations and on the north side, right, far far north side, um, which. Not to say that there aren't issues of violence and and that reentry projects for returning citizens on the north side don't don't deserve to be get funded, but it told me that mm, maybe some thought went into making this a benefit, but not a lot of or either not a lot of thought was thought all the way through. Like let's impact the communities that the man that we're putting at the forefront of this, uh, whether or not we have his full consent, like is from. Or if it was just like, it's always just boils down to who you know, right? And somebody knew Kanye's camp and Drake's camp and made the connection and that's why they got the look, right? But mm-hmm. when you look at that, when you look at the merch, the the amount of the, the amount they're charging for the merch, like that's the first thing I said to you, bro. When you told me about this concert, I said, Drake X Kanye with free Larry Hoover on it is a thousand dollar hoodie. 1000%, right? And they are charging up to $360 for their merchandise. And the final thing is when you think about who Drake is, when you think about who Kanye is, these aren't the most street dudes. These aren't the dudes that you think of as most affiliated with the GDs or with or with gangs. These are the dudes that tend to lean into that street credibility. These are two dudes that were beefing until they were brought together by Jay Prince, right? And I just and it just the whole thing just as is just from my perspective looks a little money grabby a little bit to me you right think it's a money you think it's a money grab you think you think it's not a, a genuine a genuine show you think it's a, a a disguised money grab i think i think some things are two things i think some things are two things but i think when you're talking about somebody who's incarcerated for their lifetime multiple times over i think about when you're talking about a very complicated legacy that that entangles hip-hop and violence and also community groups and organizing and a community that still very much needs help uh you're championing this person's name but the show is in la when you did your show in in chicago and rebuilt your house from the south side i i I'm also aware that it wasn't really Southside folks that was put into that. I'm just saying that the, the I'm not to to big this up as a as a as a something that I feel really furthered the cause of Larry Hoover 
Larry Hoover tapped more people into prison and justice reform, I feel like is is kind of that's kind of surface. Right. And I just don't feel like calling it all that. It's cool that Drake and Kanye pieced it up. Right. That's 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 but that's the extent of to which that this really addresses addresses any issues to me. What would be a more what in your eyes would work as an actual as an actual something that could actually value because like and I and I mean to say I try not to expect perfection out of good intentions sometimes, especially yeah. at this magnitude at this scale. You're standing at a place where you have to create an idea and then it has to be executed. And in the process of that execution, sometimes you're far removed from who gets to pick who the contractors are to work on the rebuilding of the house in Southside Chicago. Because all I'm saying is, or, or all you'd be saying, if you're from Kanye's perspective, is give that call like, yo, make that happen. I don't care how you make that happen. Make that happen. And that's the and that happens way too much to communities of color and disenfran- disenfranchised, disinvested communities. Somebody with a lot more power that's only kind of thinking about them says, make that happen. I don't care how you make it happen. And that's what we have to stop allowing to happen, right? And be in articulating why. And without the consent of those communities, without asking, then that and that's missed opportunities. When you don't involve the community, you miss an opportunities every time to make it impactful, yeah. to make to 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 maximize this, to make it more than just a Amazon Prime one-time concert show that sold a lot of merch. You know what I'm saying? Like th- that that's exactly the point, is that it doesn't take too much to make to make this something that it could be powerful and worth the complex issues behind it and worth using this person's name. Right. Make sure that those facts that I just was giving you are front and center. Right. Like make sure that everybody who attends the show thought about buying tickets, thought about buying merch, leaves there with the understanding that of that this person's life is forefront. And and like the that the fact that this person is on trial that the that we're contesting is that this person has been locked up for over 50 years after being locked up at a time when black leaders were being specifically targeted by operations like COINTELPRO by like, it deserves another look. That's what should be at the forefront. And I don't feel like that it was right. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, um, we give big ups to the, the family that we'd be speaking to. We give big ups to, uh, the crowd that's listening with us at all times. Got some people in the building. I I want us to have drops. That would be so dope. Do we still have drops on the show? Or do uh, we become too too professional? We can reintegrate the drops. Maybe not this not this episode right this second right now. You <laughs> dig me? You know? But uh, uh we're gonna bring it to you. We're gonna bring it to you. Bring it back to drops. That's our Christmas gift to y'all for sure. But you dig me, you man. Sure? Yeah, I do. I do. And and off the back of that, right, we're we're discussing the Larry Hoover, uh, we're discussing the Larry Hoover benefit concert. Uh, Larry Hoover being a you said GD, correct? Yeah, Larry Hoover was one of the the influential gang leaders of the Black Gangster Disciples, uh, starting in the the nineteen seventies, and um, yeah, was incarcerated due to his involvement with uh with due to the violence that that was affiliated with the associated with the organization uh and now people have are calling to re-examine his his incarceration uh 
due to the circumstances both surrounding his arrest and his potential as a as a community leader and organizer yeah that's correct that's correct but it's it speaks miles to what you said about when you do these types of um these types of benefit concerts and community including activities there there does have to be a additional level of care that you pay that that you that you give towards how it's executed more so than you would in a basic corporate setting right and even the best intention with the biggest budget can you know face some can can face some some very significant oversights if not handled with the care that it needs to it's in the same way that when jay-z was on the nfl when jay-z partnered with the nfl we looked at that and we're like really this is this is what this Jay Z NFL concert is, and it was it was quite underwhelming and unimpressive because of how it didn't fully reach um, the type of consideration you need to be able to to execute these types of things in the communities that they. Yeah, and you for sure, and it's not, and it's you can very easily, very quickly do harm as a big community, as a big corporation with a lot of publicity that's pushing a narrative in a certain space. If you're not thinking about how you're wielding your influence right and uh, and it's the same thing man like, like again it doesn't take much but you gotta involve the community how you avoid how you avoid missing that how you avoid missing the mark how you avoid putting yourself in a place where public scrutiny shows your event in a poor light involve the community and don't try and and i think part of the issue too is they're trying to ma- they're trying to keep up with this tiktok timeline bro kanye does kanye drops an album drake drops an album Kanye does a drink champs interview. Kanye and Drake are beefing. Kanye and Kim are getting divorced. You know what I'm saying? Saying like <laughs> we gotta do lot. the Kanye free Larry Hoover Drake getting back together shit right now. We don't have time to talk to the community. We don't have time to figure out what the to how to make this like you know the the best thing that it could be the most impactful thing to really consider the issues behind it. We gotta catch this while it's hot, and I think that is to its detriment as well. To be fair, if I was somebody in jail waiting on my homies to put on a show, I would hope they put on that show expeditiously. I'd be like, bro, I promise we'll get back to the community. Hurry up, put this thing together one time, let's go. Okay, devil's advocate. If you already been in jail for near 50 years and you have one shot to really get people's attention, how quick, how, how well thought out do you want that to be? And who do you want to be at the helm of it? And and <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like you got all eyes on you one time in in terms of your being in jail and he even said and if you're the organizer and the guy that you're putting whose name at the forefront of it says i'm feeling very uneasy about the way that this publicity is being approached what is your responsibility to do then if he says it if i'm larry hoover and i say that i'm uncomfortable with it yeah you're definitely right let's everybody take a second pace yourself in how you make these decisions you know hey bro hey bro hey, brother I feel like we done give these people some hot content. Let's carry on with the show. Yo. Kids official sliding on the instrumental. Nordic combos, twisted mental, like forbidden jitters. My clip's initial. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get that. I get that. But is we live, though? Is we like all the way live though? You heard? I don't know what my clicks initial means, but I might get it. I've heard that song so much, I might get that tatted on me for sure. And shout out to Luvo, who is, you know, we get all of this music from him. And it's it's dope that we get to 
engage people whose art we admire and appreciate and incorporate that into our own and having that 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 art artistic community is quite encouraging shout out to cooler than black emojis Louvre, all of it appreciate it all right now you're just doing shout outs to make me feel bad that i don't have the drops <laughs> i see what you're doing <laughs> Go ahead, get your shout-outs off, bro. Shout, <laughs> shout, like, big up the youth, they're massive if you want to. Oh, yeah, Pookie, Ray Ray, all the people from the O6, you know what's going on. Uh, <laughs> all the people, all my Yo. people in the real verse and the metaverse, man. So did you do you see how there was a couple that got married over the weekend on the metaverse? I, I You told me this. You told me this. And I thought about looking deeper into it, but I felt like I kind of get the gist. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what facts they were going to have for me that was about this. Let me ask you, since I was too lazy to do the reading, is this is this a this is a legal marriage? So it happened. It it coincided with a, a real marriage, right? So we actually have a we actually have the an article over here from the New York Times. Chat. Cool, cool. Tracy and Dave Gannon met in the cloud, so it only made sense that their wedding took place on it. On Labor Day weekend, the couple, or rather digital avatars, held a ceremony staged by Verbala, a company that builds virtual environments for work, learning, and events. Avatar walked down the aisle. There you go. There you go. It was a real, it was a real marriage. It was a real Did they save some money? I'm sure they said, like, so they, if... Oh, okay, that's creepy. We can take that down now immediately. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't need to see cartoon Jeff Bezos and Uma Thurman for not one moment longer. Please get that oh, out man, of here. That's kill, that's kill Bill. That's kill Bill. <laughs> Dude, it's killing me. All right. Uh, yo, I think it's really interesting to see, like, is this, was this, I would love to know if they did, like, an actual in-person ceremony or if they were like, nah, this is it. Show up online. Because in the context of COVID, that would make sense. You know what I mean? In the context of saving money, that would make sense. You could have a virtual open bar for days. <laughs> Drink up. <laughs> Cheers. We toasting every two minutes. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. Hope y'all appreciate the refreshments. <laughs> we out here eating all the virtual food you want. Virtual waterfalls in the background. We on location. You know what I'm saying? Go crazy. Go crazy. It would it would be interesting. Um to see it, how they how they carried it through, but this the the interesting thing about this is that there actually is this is the future that we headed towards, right? And everybody around this whole topic has been talking about the similarity that that metaverse announcement has with obviously the Black Mirror episode. Life is looking really Black Mirrorish, man. We turned that twenty twenty corner, and uh, yeah, we we in it for show. Sure. We in it for show. But, so yeah, let me get your let me check your, your your temperature on this. Like what is when you think of the metaverse, when you think of like once we get let's 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 jump a couple over a couple of the immediate technological hurdles, right? Let's say that a decent amount of people are able to afford this VR headset, right? Uh how do you feel about people starting to live their their life and immersed in this virtual reality? So a part of it definitely is very telling of the human instinct of wanting to be efficient with technology, right? Like that's a big thing. If you look at how we utilize this particular tool in our hand right now, holding a phone, my one hand is completely 
usable because I'm holding this technology. But this technology, while I'm using it, allows me to have an even higher technically standing brain capacity. I'm aware of all my directions, all my information, whatever the case is, but our access to it is still inefficient. So if you're up on uh, scholars like Yuval, like Yuval Noah, right? Talking in, um, talking in, in Sapiens about the process of how we improve our tools, especially those built around uh, communication. And the same thing happens too if you're reading like, let's say you're Richard Dawkins who talks about the selfish gene and how our innate, uh, our innate drive as a society is to become more efficient, right? We want to become more efficient in the tools that we use, especially those that are based around community. Again, that's what's happening here. So when you see things like Neuralink coming through, it only really is speaking to the fact that this technology here is, is the biggest changer that we've seen. It's, it's a technological revolution and it's now inefficient, but we need now to get it into our systems to some extent so we can live in it as opposed to have to use our hands to be on it. Wow. You sound like you're all in. You sound like you are ready to replace your, your hand with your, with your iPhone and <laughs> become a cyborg. Like you, you ready. It's, it's, so the cool thing about that too, is because we know some, we know some cool folks. Shout out to James Kim. One of our friends um, back in 2011 was working as a developer for Motorola. And they were, the, they were working on a chip that you can insert onto the skin, a biochip that stays onto the skin that can speak towards um, different access points, key points, that type of thing, right? <laughs> that's, that's real. And they were developing it before. Shout out the comments. No. <laughs> <laughs> Big chills is that guy in the comments. Yo, but he did, he did throw in there too that someone bought some, bought some land in the metaverse to be neighbors with Snoop. So we'll circle back to that. But shout out to the, shout out to the engagement, yo. Man, <laughs> and, you know, listen, and, and, and we, you know, uh, this is always an open conversation here at the All The Way Live podcast, but so jump into the chats, you know, get, get it. It's lit. It's lit. Um, definitely, I'm, it's, I wouldn't say I'm all in, but I understand the instinct behind it, which to me then makes it obvious in where it's going to. But I think the creepy thing for all of us is when we think about um, the way it was presented and also it's presented by Mark Zuckerberg and Facebook. And quite frankly, it, it, that's the wrong messenger. They kind of, they kind of creepy those guys. No offense. Mm. I appreciate you. I appreciate you bringing in a little bit of that, of that, uh, that fear that's kind of associated with this, this next leap as you describe it, right. For like human, uh, human progress. Um, and to me, I don't know, man, maybe I'm just a, I'm a old school, you know, stick in the mud, you know, don't want to progress. Stuck it, stuck in the mud, you know what oh, I'm saying? Okay. <laughs> uh, like maybe I'm just, maybe I'm just, yeah, just anti, but like to me, I'm thinking our, our, we're so caught up with these machines already, right? We have so much difficulty separating um, the things that are like elemental to our human experience from like this world of like social media to the point where not only in like in the intellectual tip, are we struggling to identify truth? Right. We're also like really struggling. I feel like in our relationship to each other and our relationship to um, 
what people have and what what our perception of others are and comparing our whole self to our perception of others and on the social media and where those lines between self and technology and our social self are so blurred there's a fear in me to continue to erase those lines right there's a fear in me to make that technology inseparable from my existence um and it goes beyond you know mark zuckerberg being a creepy dude which he is uh but it's it's this it's this thought that how often will i engage with and how much and how and how difficult does it become to convince people to care about things like global warming climate change when now i'm simulating fresh air i'm simulating time outside observing nature i'm simulating you know human interaction even right um and i'm and i'm and i'm confronted with this artificial reimagining of everything that that is around us in the world and how do i is it not important for me to still be grounded in not the metaverse and and part of that part of that fear that you have speaks towards how these social media uh, platforms like Facebook have been run in the past, right? The, one of the biggest criticisms that we know of Facebook is that they, although you cannot blame them for particularly starting conflict, they create a system and they run a platform that essentially um, that that essentially can facilitate it and it can and it can assist in it, and they do very little to be able to hold people back from letting those things go awry. We saw that in January 9th in the US, you're seeing that in, um, in in Somalia, that's happening over there. You're seeing it in Myanmar in 2017, where the Facebook system essentially did nothing to stop their platform being used as a, as a driving force of being able to instigate uh, conflict. And Cambridge Analytica and seeing all those don't be like our parents with this new wave of tech. Our parents hated on Facebook in nineteen Africa. Yo, that but that's but but that's real, right? So in the sense that the way that these technology companies have been given us have been have treated us, especially Facebook, which is the biggest, we there's distrust from the jump, and that's also part of why why we say Zuckerberg is creepy because creepy is a strong word to call another man. That's a very heavy word to call another man but when we say creepy we're speaking of the various data um security infringements that they've made that have shown that they do not prioritize the mental well-being of the people that are using it they're not um they're not stopping their systems for being used for spreading hate crime uh leaning deeper into an algorithm that would rather promote uh ideas of conflict other than ideas of or, or other than just generic algorithmic engagement with the with the platform. So that is where that fear comes from. But if you don't look at the metaverse as like this world where we are living online and we're separated from real life, I would say that we already are living in it. It's just that we're using an inefficient device to be able to access it. Have you have you used uh, Google Street View on your phone? Of course. Street view is lit, right? You take your phone, you do a 360 spin of your environment, you look into your phone, and you see hovering over the street that you're on an augmented arrow that you followed through, right? That's some dope, dope, dope technology. It looks cool. That stops working when you put your hand down. That is inefficient. So there are ways, it's like you think about what te- uh, Elon Musk is doing with Neuralink, right? Now you could have a link that potentially could get to the place where it speaks to whatever device and you're able to 
visualize that augmented reality in front of you engaging with the real world. So it's that's if you see it as a harmonious relationship with it, that also is an option. The issue is the biggest people that are doing it are the people that we don't trust. Leave my data alone, Facebook. I think, yeah, you you very well said. Um, especially, especially <laughs> yeah. yeah, the comments are going crazy, <laughs> yo. I love it. I love it. I love it. Uh the litest comment session in podcasting for sure, for sure. And I like um, that, that title. Chills. We're gonna claim that title. Yeah. I like that title. Yeah, and Big Chill's got that on his shoulders too. Uh, but I think it's so like I think what you your point about why we don't trust them, right? They there's so much about these corporations that has displayed that they will prioritize uh, the collection of data and the opportunity for profit over what's good for people, right? We we were on this podcast a couple of weeks ago talking about Instagram being very aware that it's it's algorithm and that the way that it operates is detrimental to teenage girls and continuing to rock, right? So I think we're in a space where you're right. We I don't want to hand over. Um, anything that's essential to my daily functioning in life to these corporations that I don't trust. Right. And I'm, and I think part of me is still scared to lose. I'm a hundred percent being our parents, right. In this uh, valuing skills that I, I see as potentially like being lost. Right. I know that my reliance upon my GPS has made it more. Uh, I have to be more intentional about mapping out my city in my head. Right. And not just relying on the fact that I can go, from A to B with my GPS, right? And what is that? And 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 so something as simple as that, right? Like something as simple as if my phone's dead and there are and and I can't, I don't know where a cab stand is. How can I go anywhere, right? But you know, Miles, it's, it's important here that I do also add the caveat that you also are the same type of person that streams a song and downloads songs. So you have a physical hard drive of all the music that you have. So that's just who you are. So if we are, say, for instance, in an apocalypse movie of the metaverse, you're the dude that never signed on because you are living out of the dust somewhere. No, not dust, but you know what I'm saying. <laughs> well, hey, I, and, I, and and maybe that's true, but I, I, I want to... And that's why this podcast is dynamic, you know what I'm saying? Because even though we agree upon a lot of things, like, yeah, we definitely, we definitely come from different perspectives on on different stuff especially like stuff like tech and and, and capitalism and and i'll be that you know what i mean i'll be the guy <laughs> wait, wait 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 you're not gonna paint me what what view do i have on capitalism before you separate our views <laughs> i think i'm i think i tend to lean further left i think i tend to be i think you tend to have more faith in capitalism operating as a mechanism to to lift up other lift up people whereas i tend to look at capitalism as a, a very uh I, I tend to have i tend to be more skeptical um but uh but but i would but i would say yeah man i'll, I'll be that i'll be that guy that's the tinfoil hat guy on the on the the tech stuff because yeah it's one thing like you perfectly put it i don't trust these corporations um and the other thing is there's just there's there's so much every, the greatest moments of my life, some of the some of the most meaningful moments of my life have been spent away from technology. And I don't know how to perfectly articulate that. And I'm not prescribing that to everybody else. But I was but my thought is I'm still chasing so much that is just experience between me and, and this physical, tangible world around me that I personally am not ready to put 
more uh, barriers or more deeply involved ingrained technology in that relationship just yet. Yeah. But the cool thing about it, though, obviously, is the the medical advancements that things like Neuralink is solving. You know, they're looking to be able to address things like Alzheimer's, um, Parkinson's disease, uh, ALS, that type of thing, right? So that would be a very cool um, product of it. So and many so, cool and, products. Yeah. For sure. Like art more specifically, bro. Like how dope would it be? You, we saw the Travis Scott virtual concert with Kid Cudi in, um, in uh, what's the, damn, I saw so old. <laughs> Dude, not yeah, no, the, the, the Fortnite, Fortnite Travis damn. Scott show. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and a much safer alternative, apparently, as the Travis Scott show as well. So nah, something too to be soon, said too for soon. that. Nah, I mean, that's too but that's soon. real, right? As he goes through his trial, that's a real thing that's happening. That's a real thing that, like, to think about, right? Um. But yeah, and and like you said, so it provides opportunities to do stuff like that, like in a different way, maybe even in a safer way. Uh, I think about the implications for people getting to having a metaverse or having a whole universe that is you have the opportunity to have an avatar, right? Like these people did for their wedding um, that represents you maybe in a way that your physical body can't, right? Uh, and, the and the opportunity to live your your life out like that, I think is is really beautiful and for people to to learn how to engage with the with the person that that people want to be right um with all the security concerns that might come with that but also yeah man i think there's a lot about this technology that will expand opportunities for people to be themselves for people to be creative for people to engage in business for us to be less ableist and ageist and discriminatory um but we also just got to think about the other stuff that comes with it too, man, you know? Yeah, yeah, but the, the creative element, I think, is the most exciting thing of it, of course. Uh, where video game technology can go is really cool. Um, I like it what we're getting from the comments, right, where uh, it's about balancing, right? You're hearing saying, to be honest, I feel like I got to balance with tech, but with that being said, the rate of innovation is exponential. You're either on the train or watching it go by, and that's real, is that there's, at, at some point, you're going to have to, you're going to have to adjust to it in, in some extent. And I think there can be some really cool things about it that come from it. Um, imagine a planetarium. Imagine experiencing space. Imagine um, being able to step into different virtual uh, realities, so to speak. Yeah. Well, I'm all I'm all for it as long as we care for our mental health in the meantime, uh, as long as we make sure there's equitable distribution of resources that we find in the metaverse so that communities that are historically disinvested have the same opportunities and can build out the businesses because there's going to be a lot of money to be made in the metaverse and, and communities that don't have access to technology should not be excluded from that. Uh, shout out to the Mandula Foundation, which I'm sure will play a big part in making sure that that is not the case. Boy. Uh, and yeah, man, I think uh, we people should be able to live in a world and, and run around how they identify, especially if you identify as uh, digitally married or as Snoop Dogg's neighbor. You know, Mel, sometimes on the show, um, we are asked to recommend something. And when people recommend it, we review it. True. This week, we, this week we got a similar such thing. Let's get into it. Uh, 
I love that. I just I just noticed that there's just an image from Paid in Full in the recommended and review thing. I love that. Yeah. It's beautiful. Yeah, dude. If you, if you really pay attention to what those images are, they they're very stereotypical, dude. <laughs> they're right on the nose with what they're supposed to be. But that's that's perfect. Paid in Full is my favorite movie, so it's only right that it should be in the segment that leads into when we review music and movies. Man, King Richard, starring Will Smith, Body. Yeah, yeah. Hey, I, I think, bro, and we, we came up on the right time of Will Smith because we were the Fresh Prince generation. Oh, oh Fresh Prince just, we were the the last tale of the Fresh Prince generation, let me say. Yeah, yeah. We were the generation that didn't, that didn't so much watch it uh, live week to week, but we got the reruns heavy, right? Big yeah. rotation yeah. Of, of of Fresh Prince always in my household, right? It was uh Fresh Prince and Martin was always was was a staple when I could get For the sure. TV on. For sure. And we talking cousin Skeeter days. We talking uh the you know, we we going all the way back when we talking Fresh Prince days off of Nickelodeon. Yo, so let me ask you a black ass question. When when how much TV <laughs> were you allowed to watch during the week? Uh, um, my mother was a teacher, bro. I, I didn't get that type of luxury, to be honest. I over the week, not much, but also don't forget, I spent a lot of time in boarding school, so that that takes away all that TV element of it. But it <laughs> it sounds to me like you were on a tight, a tight, strict. Uh, parents ran a tight ship. I ran a tight ship. <laughs> How much TV were you allowed? Ran right over a tight ship. I was not allowed to watch. The, I was not allowed to have the TV on uh monday tuesday wednesday or thursday after school wait uh, <laughs> monday tuesday <or> he's <laughs> like that is many of the days of the week my guy yeah i was uh, gonna say why did they just say all week what 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 day did they give you yeah that's day? what it was so on weekdays on school nights essentially i wasn't able to i wasn't allowed to watch tv minus sunday which is technically a school night but i was allowed to watch and i spent many a night watching nick at night fresh prince <laughs> The show, you know what I'm saying? Damn, Miles. Yeah, I, I really glowed up when they got when I when I had a TV in my room with my own remote. Oh, bro, then I, I it was. Oh we, man, we watched. We're going in. <laughs> One day on the podcast, we'll tell the story of how I I campaigned for two years to get a TV in my room and got it taken out four days after I got it put in my room. Set up my Nintendo. Got taken away <laughs> on punishment. Never got a TV in my room again. Yeah. So any odd time I got to watch The Fresh Prince in an enjoyable, comfortable setting was very meaningful to me. And that did for sure kick off my appreciation of, of Will Smith. Both both Fresh Prince as as the show and Fresh Prince as as the rapper, man. I I remember some some of the uh of course the theme song, but parents just don't understand, nightmare on my street. Uh, that some of those early Fresh Prince Jazzy Jeff Jones was uh was my introduction to hip hop as well. There's there's big Will Smith appreciation over here, bro. You know what I think? You know what I think hip hop does not, and I'll say hip hop because Will Smith is part of hip hop culture. What hip hop does too much is we make it cool to hate on somebody as a as as a default response to their thing. We're we're very quick to be like, oh, he washed up. He made crap. He made trash movies. Um, which is uh, some of the critique that we, we would hear about Will Smith, right? Or oh, he doing uh, he doing all of this stuff, all this new stuff that he's doing with blogging and 
be, be the dad on TikTok. Like, <laughs> right? Like, I get that. But this man is a legend, a living legend, right? This dude, Will Smith is that guy. Dog, before Jamie Fox, Jamie Foxx was that guy, Will Smith was that guy. Will Smith, since Denzel, Will Smith has been that guy. Touching on I'm Robot, I Legend, um, it's all right champ i'll take it from here uh ali uh six degrees of separation uh you know what i'm saying this you might have you might have seen him in the pursuit of happiness you know what i'm saying you might know my guy from uh what else is, what else is will smith been man that's a that's a that's pretty that's pretty solid people, hitch, bro, hitch. Hitch. people forget that miles used to think he was hitch for a good three years of his life I, I so I'm gonna give you a I'm gonna give you a moment to elaborate upon the accuracy of that statement. Was I not nice with the assists? I was speaking more so towards the fact that the lady he was speaking to was Latina, but <laughs> here, bro, that's <laughs> all right, fine, that's fair. I did spend a lot of time chasing Eva Mendez's. Uh, that's 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 accurate. I'll take that. I'll take that. <laughs> I guess it's me if you look at it through that lens. Yeah. If yeah. you look at it through that lens, for sure. But I was nice. I was I was Chris Paul out here, baby. See, we we we'll have a we're gonna have a, a reminiscent episode. We one day recommended and review is just gonna be us reminiscing about all of these these little half stories that Zoe's bringing up. Because you gotta tell the full thing. I was nice. I was nice out here. Nice. You were benefited yeah. from my hitchness. You got hitched a couple times. Wait, no, no Are you saying that you hitched me? Are you saying I, that? I you were my hitch. I'm hey, bro. I'm, <laughs> I'm saying for sure that there was definitely some Allegra calls. It was definitely some 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 situations that was that was eased on into. You know what I'm saying? You are you going to deny that? What's 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 happening here? What's well, what, this what, whole what time? This I guy? thought me and you came up in the game together, bro. You tell me you're my coach all of a sudden, bro. I thought I thought we both made it out the game together. Nah, no cap, no cap, no cap. Real talk. Nah. I got the I got the my my assist my assist numbers are high in the rafters, no? Oh of course, of course. But I like to think we're the same rafters is all to say not to get distracted. <laughs> <laughs> we all wanted to be hitched because Will Smith is that cool. Um so to see him now assume this this uh this very particular type of role that I was celebrated. Um, older male black actors get into where they take these very dignified roles and they become who we look to in order to represent important figures. Um, Denzel had that, right? Like when when we go, okay, who's gonna who's gonna represent Antoine Fisher? All right, cool. Let's get Denzel to come in and 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 do that role, and we can trust it. Um, same thing now that we're gonna see with Will Smith taking on this, and I think besides being chasing the big Hollywood movie, like. Aladdin, you know what I'm saying? But like, it is what it is. That's the game. This type of role, I think, always leaves me with so much appreciation for the craft that this man does. And I think that's part of why the culture struggles so much with where to put Will Smith, right? Because the same guy who played Ali played Genie in Aladdin two years ago, right? It was blue for the entire movie. So I think there's not that actors shouldn't be able to 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 spread out and and have range and be able to do kids movies and do fun stuff, but I think Will Smith's catalog is so eclectic that 
there's definitely joints that everybody that are missable for somebody in there, right? And when you when you can so easily point to movies that, nah, not for me. Focus, maybe not for Focus me. Focus was cool, bro. Focus, Focus was, was decent, cool. but I'm saying I can see how a lot of people, a lot of people could just be like, eh, you know, After Earth, eh, not for me. You know what I'm saying? Concussion, eh, not for me. And when there are so many exit, when when he's stretching his his catalog to try and bring different types of movies, maybe they don't hit. You do leave yourself open to a lot more criticism and being written off, right? Yeah. I think hip hop struggles to allow people to 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 age into something different, right? We, we I think we want in much the same way that Denzel is successful because we can always look to him to be to bring a certain machismo, a certain a certain gravity to a role. Uh Will Smith who's tried to do that and then leave that and be light and then leave that and be a comedian and then leave that and be in all these different spaces, be on TikTok. I think we kind of are we oversaturated? Do we have too many? Have we seen too many sides of Will Smith now? I I wouldn't, you know, I think from a consumer perspective, I could say that. But from a business perspective, there's no way that I wouldn't encourage somebody who's in, and this is his business, to go out and get every single coin that he can. If it's there for the taking, then, sir, by all means, rack them coins up. It, it goes to what we speak about. When a black man makes money, a lot of people eat. So, and he seems like the type of person who gives out game very freely, recently dropping his autobiography, right? So any type of man like that, that's all about giving out game. And if you want to be a genie, so be it. Jay-Z made two double discs to R. Kelly. We don't look wow. at those albums. Well, <laughs> that'll that be the last grab? time that's ever mentioned on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Was that not a money grab? We, did, we saw it. It was uh, so dude, nasty. That's... First off a tape. That's gross. Um, but yeah, so I, I I feel what you're saying, man. I feel and and to the point of the conversation we were just even having about the metaverse not getting left behind. You see these opportunities, you see these new platforms, and you're either on board or you're watching it pass by. So for him to jump into the Instagram, the TikTok space speaks to somebody who is still hungry, right? Who still wants to contribute something to the culture. Um, and I think that that's I think that that's beautiful. But I think that all of that speaks to the the space of uncertainty that we're at with Will Smith. I think there was a time when whether it was Bad Boys or Independence Day, right, uh, we were going to be our butts were going to be in the seats for whatever Will Smith movie was dropping in July. Men in Black, right, the first one, right, like, mm -hmm. and I think now we're in a space where we're not so sure we're going to have a good time as we were uh, in the early 2000s with Will Smith, right? And I think that is where we find him taking on this role as King Richard in a space where, I don't know if I would say he has something to prove, but he isn't an opportunity to to win people over with a good performance or to lose lose a lot of people checking for him if it had been not good. And he's the right person to roll, to, to do this role especially because of how sensitive of a matter this is, right? And when I say sensitive, this character of a very strict black a black male like father and role model um, in the drive for the success of their, of their children tends to go checked no matter, no matter which iterance 
you see of it, right? You see the same thing. They said the same thing to Sean Porter's father after uh, to Sean, yeah, Sean Porter's father after the fight recently. Um, the same thing to uh, to Big Baller Brand, right? They they were criticizing taking his children out of school, um, making them not sign the Nike contract. All of these different criticisms, but that same man has two of his three children, three of his children playing in the NBA in some in some facet. A dude, that is so impossible to do. As a black man, even Michael Jordan's three kids didn't all make it to the the NBA. You know what I mean? But for somebody to be able to carry that through, and we saw the criticism that LeVar Ball got. He's outspoken. He's brash. He's uncouth. He's uh, problematic. He's a distraction to his children. He doesn't let his children speak. He overworks them. Those are the, and and I bring that and I bring those two things together because that's the same criticism that we hear of this person and the same thing they said about Tiger Woods' father as well, right? What is missed in what what is missed in all of this is how difficult it is to be that type of figure to get your children out of this this poverty stricken environment, right? And that's why I love how Will Smith was able to play this role because he really encapsulates the full struggle of it, the sacrifices, the taking the beatings quietly, the 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 understanding what the bigger decision to make is, even if it's going to be the unpopular decision to make, and then being chastised for it by the public, by your your own family, even you know we saw that happen. But it, it just speaks to how incredible of a feat that it is that Venus and Serena Williams. The opportunity to big up black fatherhood, black parenthood, um, black households, I think is one that I'm I'm a one thousand percent here for. And I appreciate you bringing up all of the athletic examples from uh, the Ball family to Tiger Woods, right? Uh, of these 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 parents that understood not only that it takes an incredible amount of training to get somebody ready to compete at the highest level in whatever that sport is but also in raising young black kids that there's going to be so much pressure there's going to be you're not only playing for you right and that's something that is echoed in the movie when uh when uh Richard is talking to uh, Serena, right? Or no, Venus, um, and saying, "You're not playing. You're not just playing for you. You know, every every little black girl that sees you cannot has the opportunity to see herself in you. And how do you prepare someone um, for for that uh, as a child, right? And is it right to um, and to have a movie really focus and and spotlight on how the the obstacles and the hurdles, both mental and physical and structural, that they faced and and trying to achieve at the highest level, um, and the strength of a black family through that. I'm I'm 100 here for that representation, and for that type of story to be told, uh, and for that positivity to 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 be able to permeate, right? Um, there's a lot more to talk about about this story, the focus, the choice to focus on. Richard rather than on Venus or Serena um, or even, or even his wife. Right. Uh, But for what it is, I I really appreciated that representation and what Will Smith brought to the role, the gravity, the emotionality, um, 
the care, the tenderness, right? To be able to see a black father be tender on camera and for that to result in success, I think was important, bro. <laughs> for sure. And in the midst of discussing all these uh, pivotal movie moments, we are reminded by the chat that <laughs> King Richard did throw up a fart in the meeting. <laughs> yeah. Word. And this movie, this, this, that, I think that speaks to like, this movie had a lot of moments that are just emblematic of, of things that black people feel in the face of being told by whiteness, right? There's the frustration of, of having to defend yourself for doing the right thing, right? A lot when DCFS is in his house and he has to, he has the girls spell civilization. You want to check on the kids? Let's check on the kids. The frustration of the effort, putting that effort in and still being questioned as a parent, uh, and that validity, right? Um, yeah, cutting that fart in the meeting of just being like, this is all BS and I have to sit through it because I want to achieve and I and these are the spaces where decisions are made. But as a regular person, as a black person, I can see through this, right? When he comes and sits down at the table and he says, I want to appreciate all y'all for uh, taking off y'all hoods before we got here, right? Yeah. There's so many moments yeah. in this movie that are just emblematic of that. Um, and that's some of the, and that ring true in that way the dope one of the doper scenes uh for me was definitely when they're in the car after venus wins and they're criticizing and they're, they're, they're just being playful and celebrating and he was like you need to have a certain level of humility right and understand like that particular scene is is so pivotal because it like really touches on the essence of 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 being a champion and a leader right like people follow how graceful you are in your defeats, you know, how gracious you are in your success and how graceful you are in your defeat. And I think those are like the most important quality of being a champion is being able to be grateful if you, when you do lose, because that will happen. But it's how do you treat your wins that determines is how you're going to be react to your losses. If you remain graceful and grateful in your, in your successes, then you breathe that into how are you going to handle your losses? Otherwise, you see, and you see it switch up all the time. Deontay Wilder did the same thing too. In his loss, he started throwing out around excuses and all of that. And that is innately just off-putting. And it, and it does not allow for people to have trust in your, your instinct, you know? So I love that from a young age, instilling that, especially in Black women who would be up against so much adversity and be up so much uh, criticism and scrutiny. And they were looking at their hair. People don't remember when these girls started playing and even to this day, Serena Williams is still going through criticisms about her outfit. It, it's too provocative. She's too big. Her the hair, it's nappy, it's whatever. A lot of times coming from other black women, but we don't need to go there right now. All to say that graceful um, approach to winning spoke in order to be to keep a, a tempered and measured outlook on at high stress. I thought that was dope. Big facts, big facts. And I'm glad we got the documentary. Uh, there's a, a documentary about Serena just dropped. Um, so I'm glad to kind of have that piece of content to kind of round this out, right? Um, this is very Venus focused as it should be historically. Uh, and and I really appreciated getting to see that side told in like a story narrative. Um, but it's dope to have all these other pieces uh, to kind of fill out the whole story, right? I think this movie is a great example of taking such a rich piece of history and depicting it in such a way that allows it to resonate with a lot of black folks and black families who watch it. Um, but always lifting up like 
the even more complex truth, right, of their relationship that that evolved and um again that these are that these are real people, right? Uh uh scene or Brandy, his wife, uh depicted incredibly by uh Ayunjanu Ellis. Sorry, I'm sure I butchered that name, but Miss Ellis did an amazing job portraying her. Um such a I would encourage people to go check out that documentary. Uh, I would encourage people to I'm pretty sure the father wrote a book as well. So I would check that out, Richard. Um, but yeah, man, this is this is this is an incredible story. Well told, well, well acted. Um, I would encourage folks to go to go see this, man. It's a great feel good movie. I would give this a four out of five, I think. Definitely, definitely, definitely. We're giving it a four out of five. Um, hey man, the, the road of independence is filled with being second guessed throughout the hallway. That's just how that goes. And that fortified for this movie for being able to demonstrate something that I believe so wholeheartedly so well. So let me ask you real quick before we get up out of here, like, in but in the choice of having a kid, right? Is it, what is the responsibility in being like, well, this, does this kid get to grow up and choose what they want to do? Or like, where's, where does the ethical question lie in being like, all right, you're born, boom, you're going to play tennis. And that's what I'm going to teach you to do. That's subject to the gravity of your environment and also to the expectations that you have for your your own kids, right? A lot of people, a lot of parents are trying to give, are giving, want to give their children more than what they have. Right. And I think that's a hallmark of a successful parent. We we are grateful all the time. One, that we have both of our parents in our lives, which is very unique. And also the fact that the life that they gave us is a life that they never had themselves. Now, the sacrifices either that they had to make on us. I'm, I was pressured to go to school. What? <laughs> you know what I mean? I was to a certain extent, there was a, a certain expectation that was placed on what you need to have to accomplish in order to pick up this baton and run forward. Now, there's people that are even in more grave situations that might not have the luxury of being able to be like, go out, figure it out. Um, we'll support you from a, uh, uh, we'll support you in being the best version of yourself, which is another great way to raise children. But from, if your environment is bad enough, I could definitely see how having a very tight leash is the only way to get people out of it. I can see that where you have to predetermine someone's future for them up until the time where they can start making their own decisions. Like we saw Venus do in the meeting where he was like, listen, it's your deal. Do you want to sign it? Do you want to sign it? You know, now you're at that place where that lease is a little bit looser. You can start making your own decisions, but look at where I'm starting you in terms of starting to make your own decisions. You're 15 years old negotiating $13 million. Big facts, big facts. And I think, yeah, it speaks to questions that we're asking on a community scale, right? Is what is the best way to to reach kids, to allow them to maximize their full potential? Um, and what are the, the structures that you build around? What types of programming can you implement to, yeah, create? Because we can't, you know, we can't father everybody's kids and we shouldn't, right? We can, And we shouldn't look to, like, parents have a role to play. But in terms of lifting up our whole communities, how do we, as people who serve those communities, give all the resources to kids um, in order to move in order to move forward? So I appreciate yeah. you kind of kind of, yeah, just applying a little bit of a little bit of thought to that to that question. Hey, man, you can't father everybody's kids and you can't father 
everybody's girlfriend. You know what I mean? There's <laughs> a lot of that going around too. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I mean, yeah. There's a lot of that I going mean, around too. Right. You end you're up right. in a, you're in a relationship. You think you poppy? Nah, bro. You dad. <laughs> you dad, I bro. I don't know, dude. I I see a lot of kids in my work that I, that I I wish uh, I could connect to positive mentors. I don't I I don't have the same lens when it comes to people's girlfriends, but I think uh, the uh, I I won't. You write when you write, you write. I guess. No, nah, but like off, on on some real stuff though, right? The in actuality, bro, we see this all the time. We say a lot of gangsters in Chicago. Or a lot of a lot of uh, a lot of these gangsters are just people that just miss too many hugs, are just mis- misunderstood thugs, people that need a hug. You know what I'm saying? So having a father figure, the presence alone sometimes is is even enough to. You don't have to become a Serena Williams. You can just do something that brings you joy. You can you can be able to give your family even a little bit more than what they had. The comfort of stable income. The 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 access to new sides of the world and information and and things to enjoy you know what i mean so that's the big thing is that the dads are not in the house the dads are not in the house bro these that like so many people are growing up without without knowing having any relationship or solid relationship pops done left he doesn't care doesn't check in and that's the reality for so many people and that there's no way you can speak about how bad what's happening in chicago is or how bad what's happening in the hoods that we're in is without addressing the fact that yo, where's everybody's dad? Yeah, word, word. Uh, and there's a lot of layers to that, right? There's a layer of sexual and reproductive health, uh, and education and access. Um, there's a incarceration layer to that. How many people's dads are are locked up, right? Um, and I yeah, and again, it just speaks to that need for mentorship, that need to take whatever strategies we can to give kids the best chances. Uh, and I think a very personal and, and, and parental focused approach was, was depicted in this film. Um, but how do we take as, as, as much of that, um, that focus and, uh, and that those protective factors that allowed those girls to grow up in Compton and be so successful. And how do we, distribute that knowledge to the community because it takes a village and how do we prepare the village to raise the kids up in it with that understanding that uh yeah you can't that me and you and whoever feels like we're you know and part of community work and community organizing can't take responsibility for every other person how do we build the capacity of the community to take responsibility for each other yeah yeah that that is the big question, and a lot of the times, man, does really come through with people who have an interest and a network, and they just bring the interest into communities where people might not have that, or take kids from those communities and expose them to your interests. It could be flying, it could be golf, it could be whatever it is. It's just a matter of being able to expose somebody to a reality that they can envision in themselves. And if you've motivated that person to want to go get it out themselves, then you've changed somebody's whole life like that. Right. A lot of the times we're seeing that the the trauma that these kids are facing is limiting what they can even see about what they can be. They don't know that you can they, they don't know that you can build a life that you actually want. You can create your reality. You can you can envision a life for yourself and probably find a pathway to take it. Now, yeah. 
is it going to happen exactly how you want it to? Now that's the, that's the, that's, that's life, right? Is accepting the fact that things probably might not go towards your plan, but you can land slightly under that, or you can land within that vicinity, or you can have some form of success in it. You might not be the best, but you could still enjoy some luxuries of, of growth within that. Right. And if you can be content with that, that's, that's, that's joy. You've hit the sweet spot, but people don't have that vision to even look out. They don't even have that vision to see that for themselves because they, they stunted by their trauma, poverty, crime, all of that. So imagine put, put yourself in a, in a position where the community is something to be protected from, or not even, I don't even like that phrasing where the community has elements that you need to prepare your kids for and maybe, and maybe keep, keep them away from while still acknowledging the strengths of that same community. Right. But would you, as Chills has thrown in the chat, would you devise a 20 year plan for your kids? For my kids? Sure. But that's a very easy monetary setup. There's, there's not, it's not a complicated algorithm on how to set children up for 20 years with compounded perpetuity uh, for a certain I think the question is less financially than like, would you pick a lane for them? And I'm getting there, right? I see the 20 year plan for my kids. I would, I would do a 20 year plan for a, a hood, for a community, for a school of kids. You know what I'm saying? Like do a 20 year plan for a particular, a particular section of Southside Chicago. Be like these 12 kids over here, this is their 20 year plan. They we're going to invest in, in straight technology related things to these kids. And we're going to give them the resources. We're going to make sure that they go to the right schools, whatever. And let's see what happens then. That's a different thing than my kids. Give my kids a 20 year plan. Me personally. Nah, nah, I don't know. Nah, 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 nah. I, I, I'm not, I, I can create an infrastructure that can help support that. That's my contribution to it. But the world is your oyster. Go ahead and paint. All right, Captain Saberhole. Come on, man. <laughs> we talk about these that. kids. I mess with that. But that, yeah, I think that speaks to the privilege that we have to, to I, I'm speaking it into existence, but being in a position where we're at least stable enough that I can allow my kid to explore a little bit choose the pathway and maybe I can just give them the tools that I feel like will help you be successful in whatever lane that you pick. Right. If I, if I teach you how to be organized, if I teach you how to problem solve, if I teach you how to manage your time, if I teach you how to manage your money, then regardless of what type of business or endeavor you get into, you're going to have skills that you can apply to that. Um, and I'm, and I, and another part of it is just being present, right? Again, speaking things into the future and existence, but I want to be present for my kids. My kids are tennis aficionados. They're killing it on the tennis court. I want to be there on the sideline. And maybe not in as high shorts as Richard had on, but you know what I'm saying? I'm going to be present. I'm going to be posted up, uh, you know, and support them. If they love rocking, if they build in battle robots, you know what I mean? I'm going to be the most, I'm going to be battle robot dad, right? Whatever they, whatever they want to do, being there and, and showing that support, I think means the world to kids. Um, I love what you Definitely. said about giving them the ideas, like helping folks envision what they could be, right? Uh, I, that's, I think that's a big part of our, the role as parents. Um, and what I'm appreciative of my, of my parents is there wasn't like this un, un, uh, unconditional support for whatever I wanted to do, but there was an underlying belief in what I could be, right? And I knew my parents believed in me and I knew that they cared about what I wanted to do and that that meant the world. The greatest gift 
I would want to share with my children is the gift that I've been that I've that the universe has bestowed upon me, which is the fact that you literally can create the reality that you want. Like forget f- forget like the the how ma- the word manifestation is being used and and whatever the case is. That's not necessarily what I'm talking about, but quite literally you can intentfully speak things out and if you're willing to commit yourself to the process of it it can literally happen that is like the science of this world and giving a child enough confidence to be able to do that based on something that makes them happy that's hey, it man that, that's what that's what we all want that's what we all want is to be happy is to be doing what we love and being happy that's it well i love talking to y'all talking to you hearing from chills in the chat we want to hear from more folks in the chat we want to hear more topics and things that we should recommend and review but i'm just grateful to be in this space to be able to 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 peruse through some carefully curated content with uh my my compadre my compatriot my co-conspirator zway i appreciate you man i think we don't serve these people up a hot plate of content some food for thought what you think we did we did and we did it because we know. Yeah, we know, man. You could be anywhere in the world. You know, you could be doing anything. It is a beautiful Sunday afternoon. If you are tuned into us live, we hope that you have enjoyed the soulful, you know what I'm saying? Uh, 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 intellectual sounds of, of chestnut tones. That's me. And, uh, uh, and I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Chestnut tones. That's my brother. And hazelnut tones. That's me. And uh, this is the All The Way Live podcast. This is where we celebrate celebrating. This is where we celebrate life. This is where we celebrate how good it feels to be black. I don't feel good's way. My favorite thing. And we hope that it feels good to be you. Get in tune. Uh, new Rick Ross just dropped. Listen to that. We might be reviewing that next week. New Kevin Hart gotcha. special. You know what I'm saying? There's some there's some interesting content out there for y'all's craniums. But of course, as always, let us know what you want us to watch uh check out listen to and talk about we appreciate you we hope that you eat something delicious hug somebody you love like that peace water we go yeah 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 i get that i get that but is we live though is we like all the way live though you heard